Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 81. Today is our special National Novel Writing Month edition. Are you ready? But first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, 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 everyone. This is Ryan J. Pelton, your Prolific Writer Podcast host, and I am so glad that you are here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well in no particular order. We're here to help you get unstuck wherever you are, however you have come to this podcast. If it's your first time, hey, welcome. If it's if you're a long-time listener, if you go way back a couple years, hey, welcome too. And I uh, just had a question. Did you miss me last week? I, I think you might have noticed that we didn't do an episode last week. Well, October has been a crazy month. I don't know what it is about October. It seems like every year there is 8 million things going on in October with school stuff and family stuff and church stuff and you name it. And I don't know about you, but it just seems like everyone decides to do everything under the sun in October, maybe because the weather's still good and it's not cold and we haven't hibernated yet if you live in the Midwest or in a colder climates, but that's here or there. But more importantly, we are in the midst, in the throes. Today is November 1. Whenever you are listening to this, you'll probably hear this on November 2 if you're hearing it live, but... Today is the beginning of National Novel Writing Month. Yay! National Novel Writing Month. Maybe you don't even know about that. A lot of people have, haven't. I'm surprised. Uh, but National Novel Writing Month is something very near and dear uh, to me and to a lot of writers. And uh, it's affectionately called NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. Well, November is dedicated to writing a rough draft of a novel, 50,000 words, 
in a month, 30 days, which is about 1,667 words per day on average, if you're keeping track at home and if you're a math nerd. And National Novel Writing Month is where tens of thousands, really hundreds of thousands of people attempt to write a novel in a month, uh, a rough draft of a novel in a month. And many have done it, many have failed, and many have succeeded. And I want to tell you a little bit about my National Novel Writing Month story, because I think it will hopefully encourage you and also share a little bit of what I've learned. And I'm going to give you, whether you're doing National Novel Writing Month or not this month, uh, or you just want to get your first novel done or your first story done, or you just get more words on the page, this episode is going to, going to really help you. Because I want to share a bunch of things that I have learned by participating in National Novel Writing Month. And also want to encourage you, if you haven't considered it, you can still sign up. You can still get involved. It's not too late uh, to jump in because I think it's a really good exercise to do. And I will uh, share a little bit of why I think that is. So, so I want to share a little bit of my story about National Novel Writing Month. And I'll, I'll put all this in the show notes uh, where you can find it. Uh, I think it's nanorimo.org. They have a lot of great resources on there. Great to follow along for the writing community. And so I think it was about 2012, uh, I decided that I was going to write my first novel. Now, I had wanted to write a, a novel for many, many years and just never did it. And uh, I had written some short stories, you know, growing up for many years, just writing scribbling stories, nothing I shared with people, nothing, just kind of for my own giggles, I guess. And I uh, had, had written a bunch of, of nonfiction stuff. I'd been blogging for, for 10 years, uh, published, uh, I think about at that point, maybe three or four nonfiction books. Uh, and, and really enjoy nonfiction, read a lot of nonfiction, but, but I've always just been a storyteller at heart and, and always wanted to see, you know, what would we like to, to write a novel? Because I, I'm just a big reader, love fiction, always have. And I heard about national novel writing month in November every year. Uh, and I think it started all the way back in 1999 could be even older. And someone was talking about it and said, well, Hey, why don't you try to do national novel writing month? Start working on that first rough draft of your novel. And so I did. And I had no really big ideas. I think I just had a simple little story idea, uh, which would, would later become a, a different story that actually this, my first attempt didn't go anywhere, but just some characters, some ideas thought, okay, I'll do it. Didn't have a plan. Didn't have an outline. Didn't really have much. And I got to about 20,000 words in the middle of national novel writing month. And I just failed. I fell on my face. I just gave up. I stopped. I was over it. Uh, didn't, didn't want to go any, any further. And there, there's some, some factors in that, that, uh, you know, I didn't really have a plan of any kind, not that you need this big, huge outline or not that you need a, you know, a lot of tools or, or whatever, but I just didn't have a plan. Life got in the way. I didn't make it a priority. And, and I just, just kind of fizzled out. And what I began to realize was despite blogging for many years, writing for publication, helping other people write, doing some, you know, freelance stuff and, and writing, writing nonfiction books, having those published, despite being able to start and finish those things, it was just a different muscle, I think, than writing nonfiction. Fiction was a, just a different muscle that I hadn't really stretched and didn't realize the, the, the challenge of it. And why I love National Novel Writing Month is because it really teaches you how to start and finish something. Um, it's, you know, it's a compressed time. And, and just like most of us, you know, most, most writers, even successful writers work day jobs or have other commitments that they're, you know, responsible for family, friends, their communities, whatever it is, it, it, is that 
what I love about National Arboretum is it's a compressed time. So it's 30 days. It's not, you know, 300 days. It's not six months. It's not nine months. But for those times, you're really focused in on starting it and finishing it, whatever that uh, story is that you have. And so 2012 didn't finish. 2013, I came into it with a with a totally different mindset. I kept practicing, kept writing more fiction and doing those things and came with a just a better idea. Um, I'm not a huge outliner, but I came with some just more ideas to kind of come to the page. I came with a plan of, of how to actually get the words on the page and when to do that and, and to finish. And so in 2013, I, I finished my first novel and it's actually out in, in the world. Um, I think it's called... Uh, uh, what was my first one? I, I changed the title, so I forget now. But uh, was it Hired Gun? Um, no, not Hired Gun. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but it's part of my Antique Assassin uh, series, and uh, and 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 even after that, after finishing that rough draft, I didn't it, I didn't publish it right away. I took you know it was about a year and a half later. Um, I had an editor look at it, and we cleaned it up and and made it made it better, and then published it through my publishing company. And um, and, and so. Again, I learned a lot from starting and finishing something. And and since then, I I finished a novel every single year, every November for the last uh, four or five years. um, I've completed a novel and some of those are are in the world. And um, actually, I think all of them except one are actually out in the world. And, uh, And so you just you learn from beginning to end how to start, how to finish. And there's just something that kind of opens up for you when you finish something and that you know that you can do it again. Now, there's a second reason why I think National Novel Writing Month is so important, and I'm going to give you just some big ideas here, and then we'll get into some more tactical tips to kind of help you uh, with your your novel, is it really teaches you about the joys of writing, um, that there's there are great joys in writing, that, that it's it's something that's, for me, is, is very therapeutic. Um, it's a way to process my thoughts. It's a way to think about the world um, and, and to process that through characters, through story, Um and, and I think that it's, it's a very healing thing. And, and those of us that write, we, we know that, that we're not exactly sure why we write, but we know we have to, it, it brings us great joy. It's not all pain and suffering. Um, and, and so I think by doing it, you, you, you kind of get the bug, you, you go, wow, I really enjoyed this. I like this. And that's the story I've, I've heard. I've interviewed, you know, hundreds of authors and a lot of author friends. And when we, when I hear them talk, I go, you know, it was national novel writing about that really gave me that, that fiction buzz. Uh, bug that 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 desire to write more stories and not just do one but to keep on doing it and most people that have have finished national novel writing month completed a novel usually they don't stop there usually you know they 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 jump into another novel and that that was my story is that i i finished the first book in the antique assassin series and then i i went right on to the second one and now i have you know four books in the series just from national novel writing. it's it's spurred on that i i love this i want to do this i want to do more of that and you learn each time you write write another book but at the same time it also shows you the struggle of writing that why we see all the joys and we see the, the euphoria of that, that the healing power that writing can have, uh, there, there's also the struggle. Um, and that was my story. The, the first time I tried to do national Novel Writing month was, man, this is hard. Um, you know, I ran out of ideas. I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know, you know, how to, how to get more words on the page. And I just got so defeated that I just said, you know, forget this. I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna quit. And, and I did. Um, and that, you know, that half written novels on my hard drive somewhere. Um, but it's good. It's good to go through that process because while writing is joyful and great and fun, it is a struggle at times. And it's learning how to fight through that struggle and that resistance and that doubt 
and to say, hey, this is this is normal. Now, now, when you hang around other writers, we always think, well, I'm the special butterfly, and and you know, no one else has writer's block, no one else struggles, no one else can't get words on the page, no one else runs out of ideas. And yet, when you talk to writers, especially professional writers, those that that are making money on their books, those that are you know prolific, those that are cranking out word work all the time, is everyone goes through this. Everyone has a bad day. Everyone has a bad week. Everyone has a bad month. And sometimes we need to just shut it off or, or go do something else and come back to it. Um, but I think what we're going to, going to learn, and I'm going to give you a few tips here is that, that we still have to come to the page with that workman like attitude. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do the work. Even if I don't have it, even if I don't feel it, even if the ideas aren't flowing, I'm going to keep working at it. And that's really how you write your way through the struggle. But the struggle is absolutely normal. And National Novel Writing teaches that. It's not going to be all easy. You're going to lose steam after a couple of weeks. You're excited about the book. You're excited about the characters. And then you're going to lose some steam. Um, and that's totally normal. Now, third, and this is kind of high level stuff that I think is so important which is great that there's organizations like national novel writing month around is the world needs more and better art, especially I think in times like this, that that sometimes we, we downplay, we think, well, this is just, you know, kids stuff and people writing stories and telling stories. I mean, don't we have, you know, real wars to fight and, and, and things to, to discuss and engage in. And yeah, there, there are all kinds of things, but, but I think culturally and historically, we know that, that art is such an important part of the fabric of healthy cultures and healthy people is it's why we love music. It's why we love film and TV. It's why we love reading books and writing stories and making sculptures and, and paintings, whether people you know buy it or not, that's not the point, but, but where there is beauty, where there is art, it's, it's so important to, to make more of it. And, and I think national novel writing month is really an avenue that has launched a lot of careers. There's been best-selling authors that have come out of that. People have never written anything in their life spurred that on and, and just to create more art. Because I think, you know, we always, we always say, you know, I, I don't like our culture. I don't like people, you know, and, and all the, the division, all the alienation and all the stuff. I always, I heard someone years ago say, you know, if you don't like the culture that we live in, we need to make better culture. And I think, you know, the same way, we, if we don't like the art that we have, we need to make better art and more art for people to enjoy, because I think it's really important for the fabric of our society. And, and, and art is one of those things that, you know, we always think in monetary terms, which is so sad that, that we can't just enjoy something for the sake of its intrinsic value and worth. Um, and art has that quality uh, that, that we don't know why we are attracted to certain stories or certain books or certain pieces of art or music or whatever. Um, but it doesn't have to be for monetary reasons or practical transactional reasons, you know, to say, well, I just don't have time for that. You know, I'm important and, and, you know, but to sit down and enjoy a piece of art or go to a museum and, and take time to stroll through the aisles and in the rooms and look at all these different pieces of art from different centuries and cultures and to sit and actually enjoy a piece of music just for the sake of enjoying it is, is an important thing or a book to say, Hey, we should make time for those kinds of things. So, so we need more and better art. All right. So some high level things. National Novel Writing Month is going to teach you how to start and finish something. It's going to teach you about the joys and the struggles of writing. And it's also just a reminder that we need more and better art in the world and the world needs your, your stories. Um, so let's get to some very practical tips and some things that I learned along the way that hopefully will help help you. And again, if you're not doing National Novel Writing Month, this will totally help you as well. This is not just about National Novel Writing Month and, and 
you know, the 30 days in November to finish a novel. This is going to be applied anytime, any place, whether you're writing short stories, writing uh, novels, writing nonfiction, this is for you. And, and some of these will be very obvious, but I, but I promise you, if you don't do these things, there's a good chance that you're not going to get the words on the page and finish things as, as, as I want you to. And, uh, and as you want to. Um, so first thing, number one mindset. So mindset is key. And, and part of the mindset is a simple exercise, a simple discipline is just simply telling yourself, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I think before any of these tips are going to help you and before you're going to get any words on the page is most people don't go into writing thinking I'm a, I'm a writer. Now, what is a writer? A writer is simply someone who writes. Boom, drop the mic. A writer, someone who writes. It, it's, it has nothing to do with being a household name has nothing to do with how much money you make on your writing has nothing to do with your traditionally published indie published hybrid published writers, right? When I was a a young kid, um, I I remember my grandfather, his brother um, was a writer and uh, he was also an administrator in a, uh, in the Los Angeles unified school district and uh, uncle Don, he was a great guy and a very, very loving man, just like, just like my grandfather. And I remember one day he, he came over to our house and he handed me a book of poems that he had written. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever. I was just like, you know, Uncle Don, you're a, you're a principal at a school. You know, what are these poems about? And he was an avid writer and he was an avid reader and he loved to write poetry. And he, he did other, other writings too. And, and I still have that book of poems. And, and it was so special to me because I, it, it kind of set something off years later. I didn't realize as a young kid, but, but years later, it was like Uncle Don was a writer. He, he, no one knew his name as far as his poetry. I mean, there were a handful of people that probably read it, but, but he was a writer because he wrote and that's what he did. And so you're a writer. When you tell yourself you're a writer, when you, when you determine I'm going to write, that makes you a writer. Now I, I know for some that's controversial and say, well, no, you're not really a writer unless you're on the New York times bestseller list or you're, you're traditionally published. That has nothing to do with being a writer. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of writers in the world, past, present, and future, uh, that we've never heard of. And we'll never hear of that wrote many, many books, whether they were seen or not seen, um, many people even today that you've never heard of, and you will never hear of make great livings as writers and you'll never stumble upon their work, but they're writers. And then you're a writer when you say you are, and that's going to carry you along. If you're doing national novel writing month, you tell yourself, you know, what's it between me and other writers? Well, I write and that's it. It's not, am I going to get this published? Am I going to finish this? Am I going to get any published? Whatever it is, you're a writer when you say you are. So mindset is, is huge going into it saying every day, I'm a writer. Now, secondly, a little more practical, a little more less in the clouds is you need a time and a place to write. Now, if you can keep this time and a place consistent, this will help you a lot. Now, I know a lot of us listening to the show have families and responsibilities and time and place, you know, kind of fluctuate. Sometimes you have to write during lunch. Sometimes you have to write early in the morning. Sometimes you have to write late at night, depending on kids and, and families and, and work and, and all those kinds of things. But if you can find a consistent time and place, this is key. Now, I don't say that just as a, well, duh, dummy. I mean, that's obvious. Well, this is really huge is you are actually training yourself to write by picking a time and a place. If you go listen to 
Um, I had Joe R. Lansdale on the show. Uh, I've heard Stephen King in interviews, John Grisham in interviews, uh, you know, well-known prolific writers. Um, and again, you know, JK Rowling, y- you name it. And, and not just talking about, you know, big name people, the, the indie authors that I, that I have interviewed who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and, you know, writing, you know, dozens of books. Almost always there's a consistent time and a place to write. Now that doesn't mean how long, how many words, but there's a time and a place. I know John Gersham has a, has a little writing space behind his house and he goes there every morning from nine to like 12 or whatever it is, eight to 12 or something. And he writes Joe R. Lansdale, two to three hours every morning, like clockwork. He writes Stephen King every day before lunch. He writes, you know, three to four hours, 10 pages is always his, his goal or whatever it is. Um, time and a place, because what you're doing is when you come to that desk, you come to that coffee shop, you come to your basement, you come, you know, and sit in the car, or you're sitting in the subway, you know, wh- wherever you are, as you're training yourself to say, now your body's saying now is the time to write. This is when I do the writing thing. You know, if, if it's at five in the morning or five at night or, you know, two in the morning or, you know, over lunch, whatever it is that consistency helps you go, okay, now it's time to get the words on the page. So pick a consistent time and, and place and stick to that. And then keep that, that space sacred. Don't let anyone into that space and, and bother you as much as possible. Um, and, and sometimes that helps just communicating that with your family to say, Hey, early in the morning, I'm going to go down in the basement. I'm going to write and please don't bother me. You know, let me get my time in, et cetera, et cetera. Now, secondly, first time and place. Second word counts. Okay. Now, this is where National Novel Writing Month is really helpful is that it already has a built-in word count. So 50,000 words in a month, right? So that's 1,667 words per day. Um, again, you know, that, that can be give or take less, give or take more. Obviously, if you do less every day, you're not going to hit your goal. But what, what I find is that I don't beat myself up over, over word counts is that some days I, I have to, you know, do a lot less, but then other days I catch up and do, you know, double, triple the words or whatever it is. But the thing about word count is having some kind of word count in mind is it's just another way of accountability. It's saying, Hey, I'm going to write a thousand words every day, or I'm going to write 1,667 words every day until I finish my 50,000 word novel. Right. Um, it is to have those things in mind because it's just another way of keeping you motivated. It's another way of kind of seeing it on the page. Cause I think when, when people kind of are just whimsical about that and they just go, I don't know how many words I wrote. What I found, um, years ago, was when I thought I was really prolific and I thought that I was, I was actually producing a lot of work. It turns out when I started to actually keep track is that I wasn't actually writing all that much. You know, it was like a thousand words or less. And there's nothing wrong with that. that. That's just maybe where you're at. But I knew I could write more than that. And I thought I was writing more than that. I was telling myself I was. But when I actually began to track my word counts, I realized, oh, I'm not really hitting those numbers, am I? And so when I do a, a novel for National Novel Writing, Writing Month um, or any novel or, or longer piece is I always, after every day and I'm, I'm done, is I put, the, put in the date. Um, I even put in the time just so I'm consistent and say, hey, I wrote this time. It kind of gauges too if you're you know a night owl or morning person. Say, hey, I wrote a lot better in the morning or at night. Kind of keeps gauges on that. But then I put down my word count. And so at the end of the month, I can kind of see, oh, hey, I had a big day here had a smaller day here, or I was just consistent all the way through. But, but have, a, have a word count goal in mind. Now, I also want to say something about word counts is when you're writing your first novel, the beauty of 50,000 words, and again, I don't know who exactly decided 50,000 would be the perfect amount, but it really is a perfect amount of, of words 
when it comes to a novel, because here's the thing, and, and I don't want you to get hung up on this because you're going to have different uh, opinions about this. And I think a lot of the advice is really bad. Um, is we get so caught up in, well, what do publishers need? And what do, you know, how many words do you need? And, and what's a published novel and those kinds of things? Well, one, uh, you know, traditionally published, a lot of times the books are just filler and there's, there's, they're way too bloated and they could be a lot less. So I wouldn't worry about that. But if it's your first novel and you're trying to finish a longer work for the first time, it's 50,000 words is a perfect length because you can tell a lot of story in 50,000 words and give the readers a satisfying read. It's not too long. It's not too short. It's also going to help you because I think, you know, as a, as a, someone who's trying to get something completed from start to finish, it's not, it's not totally overwhelming. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Um, and you know, 1600 words plus a day is not crazy. You know, you can crank that out for most slow typists. That's a couple hours of work a day or less. And, uh, and so it's very manageable. Um, and, and what I've found just in the kind of indie world and, and indie publishing, is that 50,000 words or 55,000 or 60,000 is actually a great length for most stories. Now, I know people debate, you know, fantasy novels and, you know, epic tomes and things like that. Maybe you need to write it longer or sci-fi, but I'll tell you this. Most people do not give a rip how long your story is or how short it is. Um, you know, 50,000 words gives people, you know, a three, four hour read, a lot of enjoyment, a lot of entertainment, you know, 60,000 words, maybe five hours. Um, total, but you know, people can actually get through it and actually finish it. And I, especially with eBooks is, you know, we don't want the, that word count to be so big that no one's ever going to finish your stuff. Like you want them to enjoy the story and, and get through it and, and, and move on to the next thing and write the next thing. So that's just a little, little side note on word count, but 50,000 words is a great word count for most, you know, full length novels. Some will say, well, that's too short or that's a short novella. I, I think it's still a novel. Most novels historically have been at least 50, 50,000 words or less. So anyway, um, third, so first we have time and place, pick a consistent time and place. Second, you need to have word count goals. And again, that's personal. That's on, uh, on you, but, but you need that in writing. You need to track those things. And then third, and, and this is where I'm, I'm different than some is I prefer to edit as you go, edit as you go. And, and I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why I edit as I go. And so what I mean by edit as you go. So there's two ways of looking at this and there's two ways of doing this. And I don't always do it the same way. Um, so you're cranking through your book and you know, you got a, a chapter or two, you got a couple thousand words going, 3000 words going. So the question becomes, do I edit as I'm having this writing session? So there's, there's one way to do this is as you're writing every, you know, 700, 900,000 words or so is you actually go back, you take a break, five minute break, you go back and you actually look at what you wrote and you clean up some of the, those pages that's editing as you go. And so you're, you're cleaning up some spelling stuff, maybe, you know, adding some detail, uh, correcting some things, maybe they're inconsistent. Um, so, so that's one way the the actual, as you're writing in your writing session, you're actually going back and, and editing, cleaning it up as you go. Um, now I've done that. My editing as I go tends to be a little different is I will, I, I tend to write very clean copy the first time through anyway. So it's not tons and tons of spelling and grammar and that kind of stuff. Um, but this is also a question of, are you a taker outer or a putter inner taker outer or putter inner? Um, you know who you are. Um, so a taker outer is as you edit, you take stuff out, you cut. Okay. Um, some people, you know, try to write really bloated books and then they cut, you know, 10%. I think in Stephen King's on writing book, he says, you know, try to cut 10%. Um, I'm not a taker outer. Um, I write very, very thin, clean first drafts. And so what I mean by thin is I don't try to, 
you know, put a ton and ton of detail. I try to almost write the first draft as like a, a, you know, glorified, um, outline, but I don't go all the way through to the end and then come back and edit. Cause it's just too much. And I'll get into that in just a moment. So you have to decide as you edit, are you going to take things out or what I prefer to do? And what, what I usually do is I'm a putter inner. Um, so I write that thin, you know, kind of get it, get the story out of my head. And then I kind of go back in and I add what I call adding color. And so, you know, tighten up the dialogue, add some details, you know, um, make, make the story even better than it is when I'm still kind of in that creative voice, still, still in that, in that process. So, so the way I do it, instead of doing, you know, tons of editing as you go in your writing session is the next day when I come back to the writing desk and I'm going to start my words for the next day is I actually go back in and do some editing on the work that I did before. Now, there's a reason why I do this. One is it helps me get back into the story. Okay. And, and I know some of you, whether you're an outliner or not, I'm not a huge outliner. I mean, very brief outlines, if anything, um, cause I kind of know where the story is going to go and I just let the muse go where it needs to go. And, and it seems to work for me. And, and again, Stephen King does this and Lee child does this and you know, Michael Connelly does this. So don't, don't think you're weird or you're not, you know, whatever, you, you know, maybe you have an outline. You're like, here, here's what I'm going to write today. I got it all laid out. Um, but usually outliners even straight from their outline. So that's here or there, um, is I come back and I edit and I kind of get back into the flow of the story. I see, where's it going? You know, what are they doing? What's what actions happening? What needs to happen? And then when I'm, after I've kind of cleaned that up yesterday's writing, then I'm kind of encouraged, motivated, inspired to go, okay, now I know where the story needs to go. And I just go. Now there's a second reason why I edit as I go. And this is a reason why I didn't finish my first national novel right a month novel um, is because when I kept coming back and looking at it, it was such a mess um, and actually the first one that I did finish, I actually didn't do it on my first one that I finished was when I came back, I was so discouraged because it was such a mess. Um, and so many spelling mistakes, so many grammar mistakes, the, the story wasn't, wasn't great. And I just, it's because I didn't take the time early on to look and say, you know, is it, is it going where I want it to go? Does it seem to make sense? Is it coherent? You know, is, is it interesting? Those kinds of things. And I was just defeated. I didn't want to look at it. And and here's the thing. If you haven't finished anything, um, I know people are going to, they usually say the opposite. We'll just go all the way through and just 50,000 words. Who cares? Just rip it along. Um, when you get to the end, if you have any inkling of wanting to publish this book, um, you could feel very, very defeated. And, and there's something about the compressed time of national novel writing month that kind of allows you to kind of do some of that editing so that you're not so overwhelmed and defeated at the end. Um, you know, Joe R. Lansdale was on the show. He does it, does it this way. Um, Dean Wesley Smith was on the show. He does it this way. Um, they don't do a lot of drafts. They don't do a lot of rewriting. The story is what it needs to be. And, and I think when you're staying in that creative voice and as you're writing the story and you're kind of thinking about the characters and what they're doing and, and in this compressed time is that you can do a lot of that editing and do it really well. So you don't have to do it later and just leave the story as it is. So edit as you go will really help you on the back end of your story. Okay. Now, number four, the reason I love national novel Rhyme month, and this isn't necessarily a tip per se, but it kind of goes fits well with the editing as you go, is that there's something about compressed time that helps fight resistance when we're writing our novels, something about compressed time. Now, here's what I mean is why I want you to edit as you go. And why I want you to clean up as much as you can is because what happened to me was my very first novel that I let sit for like a year 
when I came back, it was a mess. So I was defeated there. And because I was so far removed from the story that it wasn't warm in my mind <laughs> and, and I wasn't thinking about it all the time. And it was, it was like a foreign story to me that it just was very difficult to go back and kind of fix it and make it, make it what it needed to be. Um, I remember years ago, uh, Stephen King, I think it was an on writing and he said it in interviews too, was he says, you know, he tries to finish his book in one season. Um, so season of the year. So, you know, spring, fall, summer, winter, you know, a book doesn't need to go longer than that three, four months because he wants to keep the characters warm. He wants to keep the story fresh in his mind. And there's something about national novel writing that keeps you fresh, that compressed time. So, so you're really fully immersed in the story. And, you know, the longer you, you wait, the longer time you take, the longer you, you know, if you're rewriting it like crazy and you're, you're expanding the length of time is you're really going to begin. Cause what writers don't realize is that you're going to begin to hate your story. You're going to be, begin to hate your manuscript that will come at some point, whether it's the greatest story you've ever written, um, because you're just looking at it constantly and tweaking it constantly. And so something about compressed time that is really going to help you finish and get it, get it done in a shorter period of, of time rather than lengthening it out for, for, for days and months and, and years and those kinds of things. Now, number five is once you have your manuscript and hopefully it's cleaned up for your editor, they, they will really appreciate this is you need to show it to someone. Um, and so you're not going to show it to someone as you're writing it, you know, those first few weeks or, or first few months, like this is after you've been doing some editing, getting it the way you want it. Now it's time to show it to an editor. You are not a good judgment I should say it's hard to be objective for your story. And again, a good editor is not going to take your voice out. My, my editor is a great editor. He, he doesn't take my voice out. He doesn't say, well, if I wrote it, here's what I would do. Um, but you know, it looks for those inconsistencies. You know, why did the character do this? Cause you said over here, why is his hair Brown? But it's, you know, blonde over here. Uh, those kinds of things, grammar, spelling, flow, all that kind of stuff. Clunky sentences, great editors do that. Is, but but they're going to look at it and they're going to go, hey, here's some suggestions. Here's some some ideas. I'm not sure why this happened here. This is a little confusing here. So maybe you need to make a few tweaks. But but for the most part, um, you, you don't need to do an overhaul. I remember Lee Child said this uh, years ago. He said, uh, you know, when I get back my edits, um, you know, he's a, a one draft guy all the way through, doesn't use an outline. Uh, he says, you know, I, I accept about one third of those edits which I think is really important. I mean, this is your story where it needs to go. Your editor isn't the one writing the story. Your editor isn't the one immersed in the, the characters in the world. Um, but he says, you know, I accept one third of those, those edits. Um, but it's important that you actually give it to another person because your, your, your work is going to be that much better. They can give you a nice objective point of view. They can clean up a lot of the mistakes because you want people to have a good reading experience. Um, because this flows into num number six, which is you want to share and ship your work share and ship your work. Um, National Novel Writing Month teaches you how to do this. Not only start something, but also finishing something, learning how to edit something, and then being able to share that and ship it to other people. And, and, and so, so other people can actually enjoy it. And I think there's something that's so powerful about actually doing that next step. That it's not just your little story living in your head, but it's it's now it's time to share that and 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 get it out in the in the world because it does unlock something. It's hard to explain, um, but but a lot of people it's it's like yeah I've been writing these stories and you know I have all these novels on my my hard drive, but I haven't shown anybody. I haven't really talked about it. Um, th th there's something when you share it, whether it's good or bad, whether you know a thousand people read it or one person reads it and your mom and your cat read it, uh, you go I'm a writer. I did it. I finished. Here it is. Enjoy. 
right? That, that it's hard. It's, it feels like, you know, this vulnerability and this nakedness, like, oh man, I don't know if it's any good. And you'll be amazed how much, how much better it actually is than what you think, because you're the one living with it. That's the thing. When you're living with your manuscript, and you're living with your book. Everyone thinks this is the worst thing ever because you're staring at it, thinking about it, dwelling on it for, for weeks and months, sometimes years. And you go, oh, this is terrible, but you got to share with other people, you know, let them decide. And and art is so subjective, right? I mean, that's why my wife likes certain books that I can't stand. And she likes book in, in, in the books I read, she can't stand. And, and and we can read the same book and go, you really like this. This is horrible, right? It's so subjective and, and it's really in the eye of the beholder. Um, so don't, so let that, let that keep down, but you need to share and you need to ship your work. Now, a couple things, and I, I'm going to add this in now. I could probably fit these earlier in, in our tips, but I want to, I want to just, just kind of some writing tips that I think are just very high level stuff. But when you're writing, another tip is you need to tell the truth. And I think, I think I stole that from, um, Stephen King. He just says, you know, the best writers are ones that tell the truth. And, and, and what, what he means is you need to just tell the most from the gut, from the heart honest, truthful story that you can, whatever it needs to be, wherever it needs to go, not worrying about who's going to read it, who's not going to read it, what your, you know, what your editor thinks or what your publisher thinks or whatever, but you just need to tell the truth. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why Stephen King's very popular and sold millions and millions of books and others is they just tell honest stories about real things and real times and real places and, and their guts are on the page. Um, and so you need to, you need to do that. Is not hold back and not use the filter and the critic that always says like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, I can't, you know, whatever it is, but, but tell the truth. And what I found in really three of the the novels that I wrote for National Novel Writing Month is that one of them was actually a story about me dealing with the death of my daughter. Um, and I didn't realize that. I mean, this was a, this was quite a few years after she had died. Um, and I was processing that I was dealing with that, that the characters were going through that. And I didn't realize that's, that's a story I was writing. Secondly, I, I, I wrote another novel that, that had to do with race and racism. And, uh, and I, and I did it in a fictional way I mean, I wasn't trying to be preachy or anything, but, but you know, this, this fun story about a, you know, a, an, an antique collector who becomes kind of a hitman assassin, you know, action adventure story. It was about race. It was about racism and this cult that came into this, you know, into this town. And, and, and it was just stuff going on in our culture and just kind of dealing with that, um, in my own head and my own heart and my own brain. Um, another one of the novels had to do with family and, uh, you know, going through some hard, you know, family stuff early in my life and, and, and kind of working through that, but also realizing like, like the family we have is the only family we get. Right. And, and just how do we extend grace to people? How do we forgive? Right. Um, so, so all those things really came out in my stories, which I didn't realize at the time until I looked back. Um, and, and that's about telling the truth, telling the truth about what's, what's in you and what's going on. And, and it's amazing how much uh, of you comes through the, through the page. I'm also going to give you another quick little tip, little side tip is uh, when you get stuck, when you, when you feel like I, I'm just not, I don't have ideas. I I'm just, you know, my creativity is low is one of the best things you can do. And easiest things you can do is read when you get stuck. You know, people say, well, if I read, I'm going to sound like, you know, so-and-so you're not going to sound like anyone you're going to sound like you. Um, you know, and I think it's arrogant to think, well, if I read Stephen King, I'm going to sound like Stephen King. And I'm going to, if I read John Grisham, I'm going to sound like John Grisham. Well, they're, you know, their own animal and they're great writers and they've sold millions of books. You know, you aren't them. So don't, don't puff yourself up. Um, but reading 
is a great way to get unstuck because what you're also doing is you're enjoying a story again. You're seeing how the writer does it. You're seeing the dialogue, you're seeing the background. It gives you ideas, inspiration. And so I always do that. I, I just feel like, you know, if I'm stuck, I might even read a book in the genre that I'm trying to write in and just go, oh, okay, yeah, this, this is what it feels like. Right. And you just get inspired again. And then you, and then you go for it. Um, sometimes, you know, even watching good movies or TV can help that just kind of how story is and how it's laid out. So read when you're stuck. Okay. Just two more and we're done. I'll go back into, we're getting to the end of our book. You need to celebrate and reward yourself, celebrate and reward yourself. Huge step here. 81% of people polled, and this is a very common stat, want to write a novel, want to write a book, but never will. So 81%, most people won't, right? You're not going to be that 81%. Um, you're, well, actually, you're going to be the 81%, but you're going to finish. And one of the things that writers don't do enough because they think like, oh, this is easy and you know, people do this all the time. It's not. <laughs> You know how many best-selling authors have only written one book? You know, after they did the one, they they had some success and they they stopped. That was it. Um, we don't want to be that. We're prolific writers. We want to keep writing, right? So, how are you going to celebrate? How are you going to reward yourself? Now, there's something intrinsically important about that is that when you begin National Novel Writing Month, if you're doing that or just writing a book, you know, whenever that is, is do you have a goal in mind? Do you say, hey, when I'm done with this book and I send it off to the editor or I'm done with my manuscript? you know, rough draft and I send it off the editor or whoever's first reader or whatever it is. Do you have a way to, to reward yourself to say, I'm just going to binge like crazy the show that I wanted to, but I'm not going to do that until I'm finished. And I think that's important. Um, because you're saying, Hey, this is a little gift to myself. And again, this may sound selfish. not meant to be selfish, or I'm going to go have a nice dinner with my family. I'm going to go open a bottle of wine and just enjoy the, the victory. Um, because we also don't want to live there either is, um, that the next step and the last step is you're going to repeat the process is we're not just going to go, Oh, well, it was great. I wrote, I wrote a novel. I'm done. Yay. Yay. Me have some wine, uh, is to rinse and repeat and to do it again because we're prolific writers. We want to keep doing it. We, we, we've learned through national novel writing month by how to start something, how to finish something, right? How to go from the beginning and type the end, how to, how to edit, how to share that, how to, how to learn from those you know, mistakes and, and have editors look at it and, and make it even better. And, and so the next story is going to be your even, be- even better than the first. And that's, that's my story. Each story gets better every time because you learn something new. You learn how to do it. You know? And that doesn't mean they're all you know, bestsellers. Um, but it's so important that you celebrate and reward yourself and have a goal for that so that you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy that guitar that I've always wanted to buy. If I finish this novel, I'm going to do it because a lot of times, especially most of us don't have a, a traditional publisher saying, Hey, by October 23rd next year, you need to have your manuscript in. Most of our deadlines are set by ourselves, especially if you're indie and it's good to have a deadline. So what's my motivation to keep on going? I need some kind of way to, to reward myself, some way of you know celebrating. I'm going to take my family on vacation, whatever it is. Um, I think that's really important. And then repeating the process. Now there's something about repeating the process that I think is really, really key is don't get precious with your last book. So you write this book in national novel writing month. It's the best thing ever. And then it becomes the thing you dwell on and you rewrite and you tweak and you talk about and you go, Oh, this is so great. Oh, it's the best thing. And you market it and you do all these things, but you need to move on to the next story. You need to write the next one. You know, that's what professional writers do. They don't dwell on the one thing. They even ask people that have written multiple novels, multiple stories, and they go, 
you know, what was your favorite one? It's like, I, you know, I have no idea because they always are moving on to the next one or, or, the, or someone will point out in a review or, or in an email and say, Hey, I love when you did this, or this was a really great scene or this and that. And sometimes you don't even remember what even happened because you've moved on to the next one. So don't get precious with your art. Don't think this is the best thing ever because you'll never push yourself either to say, well, that's just the best I could do. Um, and you know, sometimes the curse of a lot of success is how do I top that? How do I get better? Right. Um, I, I don't know JK Rowling, obviously. Uh, but you know, when you write one of the most epic <laughs> stories of all time, at least in the modern era that, you know, millions and millions of people have read, you know, the Harry Potter series and made billions of dollars. It's kind of like, you know, where do I go from here? Right. How do I, how do I stretch myself? I mean, that's probably why she's writing under pen names and doing, you know, thrillers and other things. So push yourself, stretch yourself. And the way you do that is you repeat as you jump into the next story, you jump into the next book. You don't have to participate in national novel writing month, but you could do that every month if you want. And that's what, what really spurred me on when I, when I think full circle of what national novel writing month has meant, meant to me is that it taught me that I could start something and finish something, but also not to be precious with that last story and to move on and write the next one. That's going to be, you know, hopefully better or different or, or more engaging. Um, and, and not to, to dwell on the past to say, Hey, there's, there's more and better stories to write. So November one, first day of national novel writing month. Hey, I would love to hear if you are doing national novel writing month. So if you want to send a, a note through the website, uh, the prolific writer.net, uh, you want to email me, hit me up on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and, and also before you, you, we leave today, um, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show, that really helps get the show out in the world. And I really thank you for your kind comments and your ratings and reviews thus far. They've really helped us uh, get more, more things out in the world. And, and also um, go check out uh, the Patreon page for the pro for project entertainment network. This is where this show is hosted with about 25 other shows. Um, there's some great, uh, ways you can support us and, uh, get more podcasts out in the world. There's some great swag and stories and things that, that the authors of, of these shows are sharing those that are authors and, uh, and with you. So go check out the Patreon page. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So, Hey, this is Ryan J Pelton. It is national novel writing month. I'm so glad that you are here and I just have one more thing to say before we go is go get those words on the page. And I look forward to reading your novel at the end of this month. I'll talk to you real, real soon. Every person's story has something to teach us how others view life, how obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt, how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 